You are listening to Sheep Might Fly, a podcast of serialised fiction written and read by Tansy Rayner Roberts. This is The Year of Critical Roles, Chapter 5, The Year of Juniper, Part 1. January. Juniper's mother had never looked so frail. Clover Creswell's naturally green hair was washed out. Her cheeks were hollow. She could barely raise her voice above a whisper, even to complain about how sore her throat was, how tired she was. I think she was cursed, said Carmen, home for a summer visit, but due back to her job at the floating orchestra any day now. The new neighbours are hags, and she's always picking fights with them. She wasn't cursed, said their father, for the fortieth time, irritated at being pulled away from the enchanted concerto he was composing in the attic. She just overstretched herself working on her last album. I told her she was pouring too much personal energy into the bass line. Cursed, mouthed Calypso, the youngest, who was already packed for her own trip to Melbourne, ready to start at Belladonna U. Semester didn't start for another seven weeks, but no one suggested she might stick around to take care of their mother. No, Juniper had realised how this would go. As soon as she walked into the family home, and saw her mother wanly laid out on the couch, sucking on barley sugars. She was only supposed to stay here for a week. She had promised herself no longer than a week. Foolishly, she had returned to the Creswell family home, without an escape plan. She graduated last month and had not yet secured a job as an excuse to stay in Melbourne, far from the spooky sandstone house in small-town Tasmania, where her family had spent the last six generations, making music, magic, and each other miserable. That's settled then, said her father, as if there had been an actual discussion. Juniper will stay and look after you. He kissed his wife absently on the top of her head and wandered away, humming to himself. Just like that, Juniper was stuck. February. OMG, are you Juniper Creswell? Juniper froze. Nothing to see here, just picking letters from the garden. Her mother, still recuperating from her probably not a curse, creative exhaustion, was determined to eat nothing but salads during the day. Yes, Juniper ventured, a head stuck up from over the top of a passion fruit trellis, showing a shock of blue hair and a very enthusiastic face. You're from Fake Geek Girl. Um, yes. She'd never been randomly recognised in public before. Not unless you counted music festival stalkers. I love you. The face bounced again, then steadied against the fence. She was somewhere between 12 and 15 years old and very high-pitched. I picked the cello at school because of you. Are the rest of Fake Geek Girl here? Why are you in Tasmania? Juniper blinked a lot, then carefully picked her letter sleeves so she could make a quick retreat if she needed to. There would be no hugging. She had learned her lesson. But it was nice to see a friendly face. Nice enough, 
to make a little conversation with the fan before she went indoors again. March. I don't know why you're being so difficult, sighed her mother. Juniper handed over the third cup of tea she had made that morning. I'm not being difficult, she said calmly. I don't want the audition. Do you know how rarely a cello position opens up? Juniper stared at her feet, then caught herself. No, she wouldn't do this. I don't want to play the cello in an orchestra. I'm honestly not good enough to play at that level. With all that pressure, I would be miserable. If she had learned anything from her years at Belladonna U, her years in Fake Geek Girl, her years around Holly, the most shameless person she'd ever met, it was that she was allowed to choose things that made her happy. You don't know what you want, her mother said dismissively. Juniper smiled. I like music, she said, but I don't want to make it my job. She'd known what she wanted for a long time. It was saying those things out loud that took all the effort. April Text from Juniper Is Holly okay? Hebe, question mark, question mark. Juniper, I've been getting some odd texts from her, and she just called and sounded sort of... Never mind, it's probably nothing. Hebe, I haven't seen her for ages. I should call. Juniper, are you not one room away from her? Hebe, funny story. Text from Juniper. I booked a flight back in two weeks. Have you rented out Hebe's room yet? Can I stay with you until I find a place? Text from May. Finding a new roommate I don't know fills me with horror and dread. Want to come and, like, stay forever? Juniper. Um, yes, please. May. From the personal, handwritten diary of Miss Juniper Creswell, which Things have shifted with Holly. First there were all those odd texts last month about cryptids and song lyrics, while she put herself back together after being temporarily distracted by the wrong job and the wrong boyfriend, and then I came home and we moved in together. I mean, I moved in with May and Holly into Hibby's old room, but... We were living together and texting all the time. And I started to think, here's the thing. I am not the one with massive self-confidence. I'm not going to assume someone likes me just because there are moments and smiles and because she seems embarrassed around me sometimes, which suggests the universe is actually upside down and inside out. But... I think maybe Holly likes me, and I actually don't know what to do about it. June, from the personal handwritten diary of Miss Juniper Creswell, which, when in doubt, admin. My mother always said I'd do rather well in admin. I think she meant it to be insulting. Not that there's anything wrong with box office, darling, if you can't make it to the orchestra. But she wasn't wrong. 
I'm calm and well-organised and I don't hate making phone calls. I studied Unreal Arts and devoted all my spare time to music while being determined not to have a career in music. Admin was always my destiny. I didn't major in political science for nothing, though. I was hoping for something in government. I saw myself as the assistant to some glamorous, high-achieving female politician making her life easier while she changed the world. Unfortunately, I didn't get interviews for those jobs. The job interview I got was for the third office assistant to an MP who I'm pretty sure would vote for a baby-eating bill if he thought it might make him look sufficiently manly in public. It occurs to me that I should probably not be writing this down. I wouldn't want my diary to become Exhibit A when my boss becomes inevitably involved in some kind of horrifying scandal. Several discreet magic coding spells later. Yes, my new boss, heckity help me, I took the job. It's possible I should just stop keeping a diary for a while. Or talk about personal things, like how Holly has ended up sleeping over in my bed three times this month after long late-night chats. I hope... no. No, I'm not writing that down. Thanks for listening to Sheet Might Fly. You can sign up to my author newsletter for updates, follow me on Twitter at TansyRR or at Sheet Might Fly. Find me on Facebook at TansyRR Books. And if you like this podcast, consider supporting me at Patreon, where you can receive all kinds of cool rewards, early ebooks, and exclusive stories for a small monthly pledge. See you next week for part two of the Year of Juniper.